0: Welcome to Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks, and got a special guest in the studio today, continuing our focus on fitness and nutrition. I have Kendra Scribner in here today. Man, does she have a story for you. But first, uh, welcome to the show, Kendra.
1: Thanks for having me, Sam.
0: I'm really excited about this one because, you know, we're getting close to the the New Year's time, and you see a lot of folks uh, making New Year's resolutions as we go into the New Year about you know maybe better nutrition probably mm-hmm. at at the uh the goal of all that is to maybe lose a little bit a little bit of weight or lose a lot of weight and and so you know i i, th- I think it's timely uh, to be able to do this a focus on that fitness and that nutrition as we go into the holiday season And then, you know, maybe give uh, the folks out there some a powerful message uh, that they can follow to really put their goals and their plans together as we go into New Year's as it concerns fitness and and nutrition. And you're certainly an expert in that. So let's tell them exactly how you are an expert in that.
1: I might know a few things. (laughs) Uh, So I started um, with very little knowledge in the fitness industry. I didn't really grow up with um, a lot of education as to what to eat and what to do and how to move your body. And it all just kind of originated from having an interest in it. And so I grew up in a really small town in Texas called Wiley, Texas. And um, I really just did what all the other kids did was, uh, you know, play sports. And I I was never really one who excelled in sports. I was always a bigger kid. You know, I weighed over 200 pounds in middle school and my parents never struggled with weight loss. And so they never really knew how to address it with me. And so I just thought I was going to be a big girl for the rest of my life. I never really thought that I had the power to change it through what I ate and what I did. And, um, as I went through school, I started to find a passion in speaking, and public speaking is one of the things I really started to get into, and I knew graduating high school, I was like, oh, I really want to be in radio or TV, and I was a big girl, and they said, you might want to consider radio, it might oh. be a little bit... Um,
0: exactly why I'm here. <laughs> uh, yeah, right,
1: right, so they are like, radio might be more um, more your style, and I went into radio for a little bit, doing promotions, and I decided that speech was really my love, and so I went back to school to become a speech teacher, and I, I just really loved it. But my second year of teaching, I got pregnant with my son. And when I got pregnant, I actually gained 100 pounds with my pregnancy. And I didn't really know much about nutrition. I just knew that everybody said you can eat for two. And so for me, that meant I'm gonna eat double of everything. I've always had a passion for food, I love I love food. So gaining 100 pounds with pregnancy, I thought it would just come off like every other woman in my family. They had the baby, the weight came off, no questions, no hardships. But for me, my son was 10 pounds and I only lost 10 pounds after yeah. preg- after I had him. And so I was about six months after my son was born and I was just uncomfortable in the body that I was in. I was five ten and 300 pounds. And it's just a daily struggle, like every little thing, like bending over to tie your shoes and... I knew that I didn't want to live the rest of my life like that, but I honestly didn't know what I had to do. I didn't know where to start. So I joined a local club called Stroller Strides with moms, and you would take your son or your daughter in a stroller to the local park, and you'd walk around the park, and we would do a mile three times a week, and a mile took me a whole hour. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where my fitness journey began was just trying to figure out the how and the
0: why wow you you don't you don't sound like you're from texas so (laughs) so that's the first thing so (laughs) let's back up just a little bit you talked a little bit about uh you know being 200 pounds while you were in middle school Mm -hmm. i want to i want to reflect on that just a little bit but first what was it like growing up in texas as a youngster maybe when you were down in elementary school
1: so in Texas, I lived in a really small town where everybody knows everybody, much like Cookville was about 20, 20 years ago. And um, it was really a good place to grow up. You know, uh, you always had friends and everything that you did. Sports was there's was a lot of focus on sports. You know, if you were a boy, you were expected to play football. And because I was tall, I was expected to be good at sports. But unfortunately, I didn't have the agility that my coaches wish that I had. Um, so I really liked basketball, but trying to play basketball didn't work for me. I would... Uh, be throwing a ball and not really be able to catch. And so (laughs) I was really good at just standing underneath the goal. Um, But because I was so bigger than every ever, like even bigger than my teachers, um, I really struggled a lot with like feeling really pretty. I didn't really feel like I really felt like the oddball out. And so um, never really had a boyfriend that dances and didn't really, I didn't thrive socially, um, but I loved school and I was like editor of my yearbook. So I thrived educationally instead. And I really found my passion for public speaking, like in 10th grade, I had a speech teacher who had asked me to speak at a competition just for fun. And so I did it, I didn't realize that I, that it was a talent or a skill I just love to talk and she said you know you really should pursue this and so I I was in the Vica club and um, I spoke with them and I I went to state I won first in the state and then I went third in the nation when I was a senior in high school so I kind of realized like hey this is this is my thing it may not be playing basketball but I can talk
0: (laughs) we're talking to Kendra Scribner fitness and nutrition guru now interesting that you know younger days in Texas, you know, when you're in school and maybe you're a little bit taller, you're tall, you're 5'10".
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and a little bit heavier. Mm-hmm. You know, kids are mean. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of times I'm sure you dealt with that. And I'm sure folks listening to the show may be having similar situations. How did you deal with that at that time?
1: Well, at the time, I remember asking my mom one time, I was like, how come I don't have a boyfriend?". Because you know, every other girl had a boyfriend. And she said, maybe it's just not your time. She said, maybe when you're older, you'll have a boyfriend. And she said, besides, you don't need one anyways. <laughs> but you, you just wanted what everybody else had. Sure. Like it, You really felt like you were missing. I felt like I was missing out in high school. But looking back, boy, I'm glad I didn't have that distraction because I excelled in education which I probably would not have if I was busy chasing a boyfriend around.
0: So, so I'm I'm sure you had to deal with the friends or not mm-hmm. so much friends that yeah. maybe said stuff to you. There's a lot of folks, there's a lot of kids out there now dealing with stuff like that. How did how did you deal with it? Did you have a plan or did it just just totally hurt you and you shouldn't have to be able to deal with it? What was your what was your key there and how did you deal with it?
1: I think at first you don't know better and so you do at first take it personal but then you start to realize that somebody else's opinion has less to do with you and and more about their own insecurities. And because they don't feel confident in who they are, they're feeling the need or the desire to put you down. And, I was pretty lucky in the environment that I was in. I didn't really have a lot of it said to my face. I'm sure it was definitely behind my back and whatnot. um, But I really didn't experience the level of bullying to where it was uh, a danger. I I never felt uncomfortable going to school. But when it came to school dances, I never was asked to dance. And so like it was more like the nonverbal communication that was a little bit harder to take in. But I think it just over time, it, it shapes you and it makes you try harder because things weren't just easily given to you. You had to work a little bit harder to go around obstacles that other people may not have had. So it just, and I think in the long run, it just kind of helped me, um, learn perseverance.
0: Yeah. And you, you know, what, what you're talking about is, is life mm-hmm. and you know, in one way or another, whether you're too tall, overweight, too short, you know whatever it might be most everybody has to deal with those similar situations because it's not necessarily what other people are thinking about you what you think about yourself
1: That's so true Sam
0: so I mean when did you realize I know you, you sound like you had parents that really supported you along the way when did you realize that it was okay to be you and that's just you know how you came to life and who you are and the genes that you got when were you okay with that
1: well, honestly, Sam, I think that came in my 30s. You know? <laughs> it's one of those things that I want to say I got that really young, but I think it comes with life experience that like once you leave your small town and you go to college and you realize that there is a whole nother world out there, you realize that like, hey, we're all kind of different and there's going to be tall people and short people and, you know, and big people and small people. And you just really learn to embrace who you are. Like we're all going to be different.
0: So, of course, your 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 life changed and we're, we're getting to that. Mm-hmm. But what what advice would you give, uh, you know, a kid in higher elementary or middle school or even early high school that's dealing with some of the same thoughts that you've experimented with or that you talked about?
1: I think one of the desires when you're young is to be an exact copy of somebody that you feel like is really pretty or has it all. But just remembering that the original is better than the copy and that nobody is like you for a reason and just learning to come into your true potential of who you are and what you have to offer because we all bring different unique gifts to the table. So it's not about being just like somebody else.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we could talk about social media um, all day. All day. There's a there's a lot of good uses for social media and it, it's, it's really been used uh, by many folks in great ways,
1: mm-hmm. but there's
0: also some negatives and, and it, you know, it kind of takes the situation where kids can, you know, kids will be kids no matter what, but they don't realize sometimes how hurtful those things might be, even sometimes more hurtful than saying it to their face or, you know, in a, a, a physical present situation. Um and, and, You know, advice there, you know, stay off the bad social media don't you know there's some sites out there that that uh you know there's not a whole lot of good that (laughs) that happens on them so you know our advice was always just to if it's harmful or hurtful then you really don't need to be on those sites and it goes back to what you said it's about it's about what you think yourself and that there's everybody's different no Mm -hmm. matter you know i'm five nine you're you're five eleven so 5'10", mm-hmm. 5'11", five, 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 so yeah. you're, you're, you're taller than me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you've had to deal with that your whole life. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I see that as something that's really good. But you growing up when you were taller than everybody, you probably didn't see it that way.
1: Yeah, I think it's a human condition to want what we can't have, right? We all desire to have something that we think would be better than, and we all have the idea that the grass is greener on the other side, but realizing the grass is green where you water it, you know, and learning to accept what you have and, and do the best with what you're given.
0: That's a great thought process there. The grass is greener where you water it. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean to you?
1: That means that you need to f- figure out what is your gift, what is it that you're good at? Like no two people are really good at the same thing. And that's OK. Like learning to embrace that you're going to be different and better at something than somebody else.
0: And you're not, you know, you said you weren't into sports, but Mm-mm. you found out later on that you were into sports because fitness is sports.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so true.
0: So that really, uh, really, you know, helped to mold you in uh, what you wanted to become and set your goals forward as time went on. And we're going to really dive into that when we come back, but first we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. What's so
1: important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away. Out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install, and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardy's. Shop local at Office Mart.
0: Welcome back to Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks. I have Kendra Scribner in the hot seat today. Fitness and nutrition guru. Out of Wiley, Texas, but now a Tennessean. Kendra, so when we left, we were you know, talking about going through high school and, you know, you didn't really get called a lot of names, you know, face to face and all of that, but you felt, you know, that you just didn't uh, uh, mount up or compare to other folks at that time and slowly, you know, got your way out of that thought process. But from that point, you, you left high school and you go into college. Where did you end up going to college and why?
1: I ended up at the University of Texas at Arlington. Go Cowboys. And I actually majored in broadcast communication with a minor in speech, and I worked for local radio stations. And i really loved working for the radio stations and i thought for sure that i was going to be a dj and that's what i was going to do for the rest of my life but upon graduating after working for the radio stations for three years the schedule of going to work real late at night and working on the weekends and working on holidays i thought you know i don't know if i'm going to be able to do this for the rest of my life and so shortly after graduating i decided to go back to school to be a speech teacher And within um, right after I graduated that program, I was teaching middle school in Herselis, Bedford, Texas, and I was teaching seventh, eighth and ninth grade. And I was actually teaching by the time I was 23. And I absolutely I loved it. It was definitely one of my callings. I've always had a, a natural instinct to teach and I thought I would be teaching for forever, but then my second year of teaching, I got pregnant with my son, and I decided I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, and that's something that I always really looked forward to doing. And so I became a stay-at-home mom, and of course, like I said before, I gained a hundred pounds when I was pregnant. So shortly after giving birth to my son and getting back into figuring out how I'm going to lose this weight. I was always doing yoga on the side. Yoga was the first thing that I did. Like many people don't consider yoga like fitness or a sport, but yoga is so adaptable to so many different types of bodies. And at 300 pounds, yoga was the only thing that I could do and feel like I was moving my body in a healthy but safe way. And as I got more and more into the um, walking, I decided I was going to start doing half marathons. And I thought, okay, if I do a half marathon, I'm going to lose weight, right? Right. I did six half marathons and I still couldn't get out of, I was at 230 was my lowest. And I realized that just doing cardio for days was not going to equal weight loss. And so what I started to do, I worked, um, worked out at the local YMCA here in Cookville, love the YMCA. And I started working with a trainer and he basically started talking to me more about nutrition And having to pick up the weights. And that's when I really started to educate myself because I thought just by walking would equal weight loss. And it does work some. You know, I had lost about 70 pounds on my own. And then working with that trainer and incorporating resistance training and incorporating, uh, Better eating habits. I lost another seventy pounds, so bringing my weight loss to a total of one hundred and forty. But it took about four years; it didn't happen overnight. But once I lost that one hundred and forty, then I realized, boy, I have a passion for fitness. And so then I started teaching group fitness classes at the YMCA.
0: So, uh, man, there's a, there's a whole lot there. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm gonna have to back up a, a, a <laughs> little bit. So you you have your first child. You, you gained a hundred pounds. That got you near three hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. First of all, lo- losing the 70
1: mm-hmm. on your own, yeah. you
0: know, just walking mm-hmm. without nutrition is incredible Thank itself. You. Yeah. So, you know, gosh, that got you to a point. And then, you know, folks around you are seeing you lose this weight so what are you hearing from them along the way as you're starting to lose a little bit of weight?
1: I think the biggest thing people don't realize whenever they see an extreme weight loss kind of like what I had what you don't see is a lot of the behind the scenes when I first started walking I could only walk for 15 minutes before I would be out of breath and completely worn out like I would get a bloody nose just because it was just so much on my body and so you have to learn to take baby steps whenever you start a weight loss journey, you have to give yourself grace that, okay, I'm not going to be able to walk a mile my first day and maybe 20 minutes. And that might be good enough. I always tell my clients, let's look at the weight loss, like eating an elephant, right? How do you eat an elephant piece by piece? You don't eat the whole thing. If you do, you're going to choke and die. Same thing. If you were to go out and run a half marathon without taking you know, baby steps to get there, it's just not going to happen.
0: We're talking to Kendra Scribner, fitness and nutrition guru. I'm calling her. <laughs> so, um, man, Let's talk about during the first 70 pounds, you know, exercise increased. Yoga was a part of it. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about your diet at that time. You probably knew you couldn't, you know, eat as much as you wanted to, Mm -hmm. but but how much had you researched your diet during the first 70 pounds?
1: Honestly, I didn't change my diet very much. I I really just thought if I spent two hours on the treadmill five days a week, that that was going to do it. And it It did do some, but I wasn't ready to change my eating habits. And, you know, again, that goes back to giving yourself grace. I was okay with spending that time in the gym, but I still loved my food and I wasn't really ready to give up my food. And I hadn't taken the time to educate myself on what food really is doing. Like food is information for your body. So if you're continuing to have what they want to call a quote unquote bad diet, then you're not going to have the, uh, the progress that you're really desiring. I mean, yes, you're going to still lose weight if you're burning more calories than what you're eating, but you're not going to have as much progress as the other person, let's say, who's who's done a little bit more um, tweaking of the foods that they're eating.
0: Yeah, and that that definitely came a little bit later as you got into Mm -hmm. that so let's continue on right there she got the first 70 pounds did you hit a plateau
1: I did okay talk about that so I got stuck at 230 pounds I was you know working out more than ever and I had six half marathons underneath my belt and I was really starting to get frustrated because I thought well what else am I not doing and there was a trainer at the gym who had a boot camp and at the boot camp he would hand out this highly restrictive diet plan to all the girls And he'd say, if you can do this diet in two weeks, then come back to me and we'll talk more about how to lose the weight and I couldn't even do that diet for three days because it was a highly restrictive diet cutting out food groups eating a minimal amount of calories and honestly looking back it was not healthy it was not a good sustainable approach to weight loss by any means um, but you would see some girls who would stick with it and honestly for a whole year I would hold on to that diet trying to do it and it just wasn't happening and after a year of knowing that trainer was there knowing that he had a lot of success with the clients who stuck with it I decided to get a a few sessions from him and really dig into what he has to say and and try um, to, to give it my all and see if I could be successful too.
0: So you, f- you feel like that initial you know giving you the sheet of paper you know was kind of a proving ground for him because like you said
1: mm-hmm.
0: it, even for two weeks yeah. you know it's hard to Completely change your diet. Mm-hmm. So, do you feel like that was just a test for the people who were really serious?
1: And he would even say that he would oh. say this is a test because ninety nine percent of people won't come back to me after two weeks because they can't do it. And and he was kind of pompous. He'd say, "I don't really want to mess around with people who can't be serious."
0: Well, I mean, golly, wow, <laughs> that's a that's a coaching mentality, no mm-hmm. doubt, but. uh i mean he probably didn't have time he didn't you know to mess around with too many folks Mm -hmm. and and you coach them through their successes but uh that is pretty uh, that is pretty uh, alarming (laughs) you know that that that, that's the way he did it but i mean it works Mm -hmm. and it got you to come back over time but you know what you're saying and what you're starting to talk about is diet is not easy no and diet is probably the toughest part of it but it it's where you get the most rewards And, you know, there's not a whole lot of folks out there that, that, you know, eat a great diet and and don't, you know, cheat yeah, (laughs) or or give them, uh, give themselves some things that they like along the way. And we're not saying that, you know, but we're, we're talking about the right way to do things, the healthy way to do things along with that exercise. That's, you know, it's like you said, if you eat less calories and you burn more, you start exercising, you're burning more and you're eating, you're going to lose weight, hopefully, unless something's not right. Correct. You know, and it could be hormones or, mm-hmm. or things like that fall into that uh, conversation in, in the equation too. But we're going to talk a little bit more about the right way to diet and the nutrition and why you ended up wanting to, you know, really know that good enough to be certified. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with, Kendra Scribner. Welcome back to Local Matter Sports. This is your host, Sam Brooks. Got a series going now right before uh, the holidays about fitness and why it's important to be fit. Nutrition in there also and hopefully getting you guys ready and motivated and entertained uh, to create your New Year's resolutions and, and really actually stick with them this year. Talking to Kendra Scribner, fitness guru, I'm calling on the show, and Kendra, when we left, you know, you had already lost 70 pounds, basically doing more exercise. Mm-hmm. Now you know, you love food. Oh, everybody does. <laughs> you love food, but you knew um, it was time to do something more because you plateaued off, uh, but you had more weight to lose. So you went back to that coach that you've been working with and, and just wanted to know more. Let's pick her up right there.
1: So I was ready to give it my all, and I took all the advice that he gave me, and in another six months I lost a total of 140 pounds. So together it took me about four years. And so that was back in 2012 that I had initially lost all that weight. And then slowly as the holidays came on, and as the years went by, I would yo-yo. You know, 20, 30, sometimes 40 pounds. And um, it always would be frustrating to have to go back and try to be really restrictive and go back to um, feeling like I was depriving myself by not having certain foods. And so about two years ago, I found a new coach who really focused on flexible dieting. And he actually, um, once we started working together, he had introduced bikini bodybuilding to me. And he had asked if that would be something I'd ever want to do. And and I was like, no, I don't want to take supplements. And I don't want to, that to me sounds really dangerous and super restrictive. And And what I learned from him was probably some of the best things I've learned in my fitness journey thus far. And he really taught me how you don't have to restrict any food groups. I had every type of food that was out there and um, I actually brought my weight loss to 150 pounds working with that coach. And in a year of working with him, I did my first bikini bodybuilding competition and I felt like it was such a breakthrough to know I can make it to the stage in a bikini after weighing 300 pounds and I didn't have to restrict a single food group and I felt like I kind. I had this aha moment. And I really just wanted to teach everybody else about how you can do this in a healthy, sustainable way without restricting food groups. And the type of bodybuilding I did was all natural. So there were no supplements, there were no fat burners. And in fact, you have to take a polygraph and a drug test before you step on stage to prove that you've not done any type of those alternative methods to losing weight. And once I experienced it myself, I thought, okay, it's time for me to give back. And so I went forward and I got certified through the ISSA. I got certified as a personal trainer, a weight loss coach, and a nutritionist. And it was my goal to start my own little business and to share what I've learned with others to make them realize that it's doable, like you can come from 300 pounds. And if you want, be a bikini bodybuilder and get on stage. Now, of course, that's not everybody's goal. Like less than 1% of the population actually does bodybuilding. But for me, it was a way to prove to myself that I could do anything that I set my mind to. And it didn't have to be this crazy restrictive thing that I thought it had to be.
0: Well, <laughs> there's, there's so much here uh, <laughs> to talk about. Uh, the, the cool thing is when you have clients, you know, you, you have actually been there and done that. Mm-hmm. It's not the same as someone maybe who has studied it their whole life or went to school for it, That's um, right. but they've weighed uh, you know, a buck 75, you know, the whole time and mm-hmm. muscular. Let's touch on genetics. Quickly, because I know people are sitting in the car at home and they're saying, well, you know, genetics have a lot to do with that. What's your thought process there?
1: So genetics do play a role, but... Honestly, it has everything to do with how you move your body and the food that you consume. So genetics can be a a force to be reckoned with. And I think it's an easy cop out for some people to say, well, I have bad genetics. Well, my genetics say that I should be really skinny because both my parents have a super fast metabolism and they didn't struggle with weight like I did. So if it was if genetics were true, then how come I had such issues, you know?
0: And you and you touched on that because when you were growing up, you know your parents uh, never had the problems mm-hmm. that you had with uh, eating and weight at that time, and for whatever reason, you know you were susceptible to that. That's right. And they didn't really know how how to help you beyond love you,
1: exactly, you know, and
0: and support you along the way. And and then that decision that you made to to get on fire for it, and that you want to make a change in your life, you know. If there is a genetic situation in your body, you have overcome that.
1: That's right. And it's not to say that there's not things in our body that can be uh, difficult to work around. The body is a very complex. Um, I don't even, I don't even like to use the word machine because we're not robots. And it, it sometimes it's bothersome when people say eat food for fuel, but it's like, yeah, but we love food and we want to incorporate food in a happy way. Like we use food for celebrations. And so I, I think that knowing that there's more than one thing that goes into weight loss, a lot of times people think it's just food, but honestly, it could be little things like the amount of sleep that you get. The amount of stress that you're under Stress plays a big role in weight loss I mean you could be doing everything right Hitting the gym five days a week You know eating that diet right on point But if you're not sleeping and you're overstressed Your body is not going to respond to that So there's, there's it's more than just the gym and food When it comes to weight loss Alright
0: math was not my best subject <laughs> So but let's recap a little bit and do the math so you got up to 300 pounds mm-hmm. when you were pregnant, mm-hmm. um, you lost 70 initially, and then you got on fire for nutrition and fitness mm-hmm. and you total and total, you lost about 150 pounds. So that's correct. 300 minus 150 in my book is 150. You got it. So you got down to 150 pounds and you're 5'10", 5'11". Mm-hmm. You know, 150 at 5'10 and 5'11 is pretty skinny. Yeah. A lot of females you talk to, they want to be 110 or 115. Yeah. Well, a lot goes into that. Mm-hmm. How tall are you?
1: Absolutely. You know, what is
0: your suggested weight? What What do you want to work towards? And so, man, I mean, you know, this is a radio show, so we can't show photos, but you have photos out there. I you do. Know, you're, you're a certified trainer, so if folks want to to kind of see the the before and after of your journey, they can do that. Um, you're on Facebook.
1: I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, and I'm on TikTok, Kendra Weight Loss. You can find me there.
0: Yeah, and it, it, it's incredible. Um, But the journey is is what we're most interested in, because as we go into the New Year's uh, resolution, and New Year's season, the gyms really get crowded. (laughs) You know, people get in there, Mm -hmm. rightly so. Yeah. But what we're trying to do in the three weeks and talking about this in the shows, we're trying to give them some ammunition to do it the right way.
1: That's most important. So
0: would be your suggestion for someone. There's different goals. Want to lose 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. Want to lose 20 pounds. Want to lose a hundred pounds. Right. You know, what would be your goal? Each situation of course is different, Yeah. but in general, What would be your recommendations and what would you tell folks that are interested in making a change and moving in the right direction as they go into the new year?
1: I think the first thing is to start right where you are, right? I think a lot of people feel like they have to be in the gym five days a week. If you've not been in the gym at all, you need to start really slowly. One of the biggest things you can do for yourself is just to begin tracking what you eat. If you don't have an idea of what you're eating, then it's hard to change what you're doing, right? You can only manage what you measure. So it's super important whether you're writing that down on notebook paper, you can download a plethora of different apps. The ones I recommend to my clients is my fitness pal. It's very user friendly. They have a free version and a premium version, but starting to know, have an idea. Okay, this is the amount of food that I'm consuming. And then once you got an idea of that, start moving your body. There really is no right or wrong way when it comes to moving your body. It's not about uh, sweating, crazily on the treadmill maybe you like to do yoga maybe you like to dance you know maybe you like to rock climb like whatever it is that makes you happy and actually releases that dopamine of that feel-good feeling then that's where you want to start and that's what you want to do so move that body
0: so some great suggestions there because what we see what I see every year is folks that come into the gym and and they do come every day Mm -hmm. you know they've gone from just going home in the afternoon. You know, relaxing from work um, to working out every day, mm-hmm. and then two months later, they're gone. Yeah. So I think your advice right there, you know, if you're listening out there, very good advice. You know, start slow, mm-hmm. start small, yes. and and a big thing tracking what you eat because you don't know what you eat. You, you we don't realize how much we eat. Mm-mm. You know, unless we uh, are worry some about it or we're trying to reach a goal mm-hmm. you know that's when you that's when you really start kind of thinking about what you eat but it, it, it's not easy even with a, a tracker like uh my fitness pal mm-hmm. which is great
1: yeah
0: um it's not easy cuz it takes a little bit of time and it's different yeah and you have to remember to do it yeah but you know exactly what's going in your body and you know how many calories you're eating on that given day calories are one thing and I really <laughs> want you to touch on this cuz this, <laughs> you're certified nutrition here and people don't know this a lot there's something a little bit more important than tracking calories though can you speak to that
1: And that would be macros. So whenever I have a new client, I ask them if if they have ever heard of macros. Macros are macronutrients. That's your fats, proteins, and carbs. And we need all three to survive. So cutting out, say, carbs, which we hear is a pretty popular diet. Oh, I'm going to go on a low-carb diet. That's really not healthy for you. And what's the healthiest approach is to have a balance of all three. And so when you're tracking, you can actually change it in MyFitnessPal to change it from calories to macros. And it does take a, a little bit at first to get used to it and to understand what exactly it is. So let's say you have a 2000 calorie diet, what tracking macros does is it breaks it down for you. So it says, okay, we're going to have uh, 1,000 calories of carbs and 500 uh, protein and 500 fat so that you're having that proper ratio. It's achieving that proper ratio is what really enables you to have a more sustainable weight loss, not necessarily restricting food groups or restricting macros.
0: You know, and there, there are a lot of diets out there. And mm-hmm. the, the Adkins would be considered the carb diet. Mm-hmm. The keto would be considered the carb diet. mm mm-hmm. um, When somebody finds out that they have diabetes, they realistically, they put them on some type of carb diet. Mm -hmm. The the reason being carbs are very important to our body. You know, 60, 65 percent of our energy must come from carbs. That's right. And it's so important that if we get extra, our body stores them. That's right. And and that's how we kind of gain weight. So the macronutrient thought process is is really a, a good one. And a little bit of time we have left. Those micronutrients and keeping up with all that and portions of food, that's all tough. So as they dive into this in January, what's your biggest suggestion for them?
1: my biggest suggestion is to don't get wrapped up in good food or bad food I think that this is one of the first things that we do is we, we, we start to say well this is bad because then you associate feelings with eating and you feel like you're um, you feel guilty or you feel shameful if you eat quote-unquote bad foods if you just give yourself permission to eat whatever you want but the key being it's not as much as you want so you really focus on Focus on those portion sizes. As you go into the holidays, enjoy a cookie. it's You're not going to get fat from eating one cookie. It's when you eat the whole sheet of cookies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely just giving yourself uh, a little bit of leeway to incorporate m- a bunch of different foods.
0: Well, great advice. And, man, we're going to have to bring you back for a part two.
1: I would love to come back, Sam.
0: We're out of time. I hate that. <laughs> We've got a lot more to talk about, but uh, we also have, uh, you know, the holidays coming up. So I'm sure oh, we, great. Can, we can make that work and bring you back. and kind of re-motivate these folks that are listening. And if, if they have questions, you know, you're, you're on the web and you gave them the, the sites to get in touch with you and uh, d- uh, kind of a side business for you there, but one that you really believe in and, and uh, really work hard with your clients. So Absolutely. we appreciate you taking the time away from your day and being with us today and we'll have you back soon.
1: Thanks, Sam.